0: Black Box Radio, we have Michael from Washington State. I don't know exactly where, so you're going to tell us that. But say hi to the people.
1: What's up? How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling?
0: Uh, Yeah, that's what we want to hear. Listen, what part of Washington State do you live in or you inhabit?
1: So I'm in this place that nobody knows about. It's called the Tri-Cities, and it's about three hours away from Seattle. So that's the best way I can describe it to anybody whenever i'm describing um where i'm from so it's a pretty uh isolated area
0: pretty isolated so yeah cuz we don't have a clue what tri- it's called tri-city
1: tri-cities there's uh three connected cities
0: okay okay yeah. and one there is that uh are you from that part or
1: no so i'm originally from california i was born in uh inglewood california Hmm. Um, I don't know if uh whoever's listening is no familiar. Good.
2: Inglewood up to no good. Yeah, Inglewood. so
1: Inglewood is crazy and stuff. But um I was born there, then I moved to a place called Riverside, California. I spent yep. most of my life over there. You familiar with Riverside too?
2: I know, yeah, I know you you sound like somebody I know from Riverside. I sound like <laughs> somebody you know. <laughs> no, no, I know it's not you, but I'm just saying you got that that sound, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's still in your
1: voice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, you know, I spent um, the majority of my life over there. And then, uh, you know, I went to college at UC San Diego. And, you know, I got a chemical engineering degree over there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then I pretty much ended up out here after I graduated and I got got a job offer.
0: To Tri-City. Yeah. Okay. So, and um, we're on, you know, we're on the East Coast. We're in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, so to get a perspective on what's going on on, on that side of the world, um, how has um, COVID-19 changed you guys' new normals? Because you said you're a pretty isolated place. Yeah. So you guys have a lot of cases. Do you have a good governor? What's going on over there?
1: Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it's crazy for everybody, but, you know, just living here, it's, it's uh, crazy. So Seattle, from what I've been hearing and knowing, they have a lot of <laughs> cases. Like I said, they're... Uh, about three hours away from us, but okay. out here we've been on um lockdown, I think, just like you know how everybody's been on, and it's it's just crazy how different it is because like you go to the store like you go to Walmart or something um I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but it's like a line before you even have to Damn go it. in yes, yeah, so it's just it. it's just um a different culture and everything, and just just staying inside. I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of people feel it is Just staying inside, you know, it can feel you can feel just like it it can take a toll on your mental. So you know, you wanna get out of the house and take a walk, maybe go for a drive or something. And what I've seen is that when I'm doing when I'm doing something like that, it's like no one outside, you know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of it's just kind of crazy. It just feels like it feels like an apocalypse or some kind of movie or something. Like all this stuff is still it's still crazy for me to process. So it's just yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of different.
0: I never thought of that, but you're right. It's like we're living a movie. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that is that is something to say. Man. Okay, so um, Seattle, yeah, Washington is, was a hot part at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really a cluster there. You guys um, kicked off a lot of cases at first.
1: Definitely.
0: So I haven't heard as much so far, but you're saying Tri-City has done pretty well because of it being uh, uh, not as populated, in other words.
1: Oh yeah, we got our cases too, though. Don't let's not get it messed up.
0: <laughs> we still got our cases down here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Are you still working then? So you you said you're an engineer. So kind of unpack that. What you are you working in engineering now? Yeah. Type of-
1: yeah. So um, like I said, I'm a chemical engineer. The the place I work for it's a it's a government site, and um, mm-hmm. we're all shut down basically because of obviously COVID. I work in the office though, so my setting is different, but because we're all um shut down and everything we're we're all working from home currently, so I've been working from home for the past i think six to seven weeks or so, and mm-hmm. basically, you know, I log in from home and I just do the usual stuff I would do as if I was in the office okay. so yes, yeah, it's, it's just you know it's been uh it's been uh easy for me personally to transition, but a lot of people have you know uh came through and said that. It's been kind of hard to transition, like a lot of the older folks. Sure. So, um, yeah, I've just been working from home and just kind of like in that different atmosphere. You know, I don't got to be in around people where I could possibly, you know, get infected. You know what I'm saying? So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So you're home. Well, okay. That makes sense. So, but you have another gig and um, that's how I met you. Mm -hmm. And you're the author maker. So tell the people, what's that?
1: So I wrote a book and this book is called The Power of Yet. So I'm an author. Mm -hmm. Um, The Power of Yet is basically a fiction self-help book. So a blend of fiction and self-help. So if you think of self-help like um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And
2: -hmm. then if you
1: think of fiction, like um, something like The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas or something. So I, I mixed two genres, and the whole the whole reason why the book came to be was because of the fact that I paid off my student loans relatively quickly. I was a debt-free at 23, so I paid off my student loans quickly, and then a lot of people were asking me how I did it, and then I got tired of repeating myself, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, okay— let me put it in a book because I always wanted to write a book. Anyways, I wrote a, I wrote a whole ass book before I even put this book out. So, um, it was just, it was just that extra push that allowed me to move forward because the inspiration of a lot of people asking me, um, about how I paid off my loan. So it gave me motivation to put it in a book. And as well as the fact that I do a motivational speaking, inspirational speaking, whatever you want to say, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'd say different things because I don't always say motivational speaking because, you know, that might come off as a uh, corny or whatever. But <laughs> inspirational speaking, whatever you want to say. Speaking to uh, change the way people think is what I do. And basically, I was just kind of chilling and meditating. And I was thinking, how can I distinguish myself from all these other speakers? And then I was thinking like, OK, there's there's different tiers of speakers There's speakers that just speak. Then you go to the next tier There's speakers that have a book. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And usually, when speakers have a book, that it's usually um, like self help or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me make my let me make my stuff different. So I'm gonna combine um, two different genres. So that was how I combined it with fiction and self help. I knew there was a risk in that because I come across the risk of someone possibly saying, "What, what section does my book fall under?" Like if you go to Barnes and Noble or something. Mm-hmm. But I just it was just a matter of I just wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. So. That was how that came out. Um, and the fiction aspect is the fact that it follows the life of a young girl named Nia Akintowi. She's a Nigerian-American. I'm Nigerian, by the way. So, oh, okay. yeah. So, basically, um, it follows her journey of her trying to go from a fixed mindset where a fixed mindset is where you think that your abilities are just fixed at where they're, where they're at. And you think that you have these self-limiting beliefs of I can't do this. I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. right now right now is a huge time of people having a fixed mindset with all this uh, COVID stuff. So sure, um, she's going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. A growth mindset is where you know that you can grow and where you're at currently. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to put in that narrative of people having a growth mindset and the whole notion of the power of yet means that just because you can't do something today doesn't mean you can't do it ever. You just can't do it yet, if anything. So. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was a. I felt like this is a timely, um, timely book. Not only for these times that are going on right now, but just generational. So just a fact of just a fact of legacy was what also inspired me to continue to write it and finish it. So that was essentially why you know I put out the book because it's going. You know we're not going to be here physically forever. So I know it's going to outlive me. My mm-hmm. kids are going to read it. Their kids are going to read it. That kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So. Sure. That really kind of uh, motivated me to continue to move forward with the book, and yeah, so I published it last Juneteenth. Um, I I was on I was on TV in my area for it, a live television, talking about it. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been it's been selling pretty good. It's been giving me speaking opportunities, speaking engagements. So you know, made thousands of dollars with this. So it's been pretty it's been pretty good to say the least.
0: All right, Michael, don't make us feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, thousands of dollars. I hear you, bro. Oh, great. <laughs> right. No, no, I'm playing. I mean, that's... <laughs> so you said Nigerian, Ibo, Ibo, Yoruba. Nah, I'm,
1: I'm, a, I'm a Yoruba. Archer.
0: What'd you say? I'm Yoruba. Yoruba. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to the Ibo people as well, though.
0: Yeah, shout out! Yeah, when you when you come, you got to bring some fufu, food, bro. We got to. sit hey, down. man,
1: <laughs> yeah, I got you, got you the love, rice, everything.
0: Yeah, real talk, real talk. Yeah. Uh, so the book thing, and now you're speaking, and I want to say something. I was, I tried to get in Toastmasters. You know what that is, right? You know. Yeah, so. I'm familiar. Okay, so um, everyone, in, it's kind of hard with Toastmasters because you're you're doing it because you're trying to get skills in speaking. Mm-hmm. And all these people are there to do that, but everyone who's speaking, guess what they had? Uh, they were authors. Mm. It's, it's so amazing. It's like speaking and all, they're married.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I didn't know that, you know. And when I, you know, when I contacted you, I really was wholeheartedly like I have these books in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told you I've written in my phone, and, and we, you know, we expounded on that because yeah, that's what you do. And um, but when I went to Toastmasters, that struck me that all of them, I just wanted to speak better but they are mostly all authors. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So uh, how did, so is that what, like when you write a book, you speak, is that um, how, why are all speakers authors? I wonder.
2: Well, I can say a little bit about it. And I see, yeah, I think a lot of times taking the time to clarify your message in writing, it can make you a more effective communicator later. Mm -hmm. So even though, so, that that process of going through and, and really synthesizing that message through the writing process, it, it it gives you a lot of insight into the things that you can deliver live. And it's also a, piece of, a nice piece of credibility as well, because you took the time to synthesize those ideas. Mm. So I think that's probably a big part of it. Um, I know I don't speak well on things that I haven't taken the time to
0: write about in some way. Mm, got it. What do you think, Michael?
1: I think it's honestly, it's different for me because my whole thing and my foundation is that I'm like a storyteller. So I feel like author has always been associated with me. It's just, I had to have the confidence to actually put it out into the universe. So when I was like in, I think I was like third grade or fourth grade, I think I was like nine years old. So this is probably like fourth grade. If I'm doing the math correctly, Mm -hmm. I had an assignment and my teacher was basically saying that we were supposed to do our own version of little red riding hood like how it would end in our own perspective or whatever and before all of that um just just uh what I would be assigned to do like how they would structure us to write i just i just didn't like it but when i got to this assignment where i had my own creative ability to not be marginalized in a box i really i really liked that and then i realized that you know i i i like you know, telling stories in a sense, so I guess that was where the first sense of authorship came. and then after that, like during uh, high school, middle school, um, you know what I'm saying, it, it was it was more so again, of this structured writing, like you write like this, we read these stuff I don't want to read. Shakespeare didn't slap like that to me. I wasn't trying to read no Shakespeare, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so it was just it was just crazy to me, and then I just kind of realized within myself that I'm like a storyteller. So mm-hmm. the author thing has always been a part of me. But speaking, speaking was a thing that has never been a part of me. And to be <laughs> honest, I, I hate like public speaking. So that's why that's why I do it because I hate it. So mm-hmm. it's like about a discipline or whatever. So, you know, what I'm saying so wow. um, I, I've told this story on different podcasts, I think. So a long time ago when I was in preschool, basically. I went to this preschool in Riverside and then my teachers, they were calling me to speak. I just wouldn't say nothing. So my teachers, that would be like, Michael, how are you doing, uh, Michael, how you feel about this, this, that, and the third. I'd just be looking at them like they're crazy or something. So it got to the point that they were saying that I needed to be in special education classes. And I knew I didn't need to be in special education classes because I, I knew in my head, I'm just looking at them like they're crazy. I don't want to talk. I'm scared of talking. I feel like I'm going to say something dumb, that kind of thing. And in the book, in my book, The Power of Yet, Nia, the character, kind of goes through those ways, but more exaggerated than the way I went through it. So, you know, as people read the book, they all, they might see some of those similarities. So mm-hmm. basically, they're trying to put me in special education for not talking. And then, you know, I got out of that situation. Uh, fast forward, I became the president of my Nesby chapter, National Society of Black Engineers in college. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, I had to give speeches in front of uh, hundreds of people sometimes. So it was just speaking just became a thing of I'm doing it because I have to do it and I know I hate it. So I just like the rush of putting myself in a position of things that I don't like to do. So like even even stuff like with uh this is this is a sidebar, but it's kind of related in a sense. But even stuff like working out and stuff, you know, some people they talk about like they don't like to work out. I like to work out to the point that, you know, I'm overdoing it because that's that's where I feel like the real training is. And I feel like um, I feel like working out transcends working out. And when I say working out transcends working out, I feel like it goes into it trains discipline in different areas of your life, you know what I'm saying? So that's why for me in particular, I see a lot of times, you know, author and speaking goes hand in hand. But for me, it's like, you know, storyteller is part of my natural DNA. I like to tell my own stories. Um, you know, I get a bliss out of that, a dopamine rush, whatever you want to call it, out of telling my own stories. Okay. But the whole speaking thing, it started because I hated it. And it started because of the fact that, you know, they tried to almost almost put me in special education for not talking. But then eventually, I mean, I I like it. I like it now as I've done speaking engagements um, because, you know, it's it's always good to impact people. So as I've grown into an adult and, you know, like a grown man and stuff, it's been it's been cool. But in the beginning, it wasn't It 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 was it definitely wasn't aligned. For me. So it was like, I'm trying to create my discipline by doing what I don't like to do.
0: Mm, and then, well, that makes it even worse, which you're um, saying you're making a thousand of dollars because you don't even like it. Now, <laughs> no, Aaron, uh, no, 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 I'm, no, no, no. i like, no. some problems.
1: <laughs> I love it now.
0: <laughs> I bet you did. Your bag is right, like, bro. That bag is heavy. So let me ask you a question. Now I got my question.
1: All right, what's I
0: up? You said um, your student loans. You paid them. Oh, loan. yeah. And you're not telling nobody. I mean, like, how did you pay them? It's in the book.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's the an easy answer, huh?
0: It's easy. That's, so that's
1: PR answer. It's in the book. But
0: student loans. Yeah, because people want to that's know what... that. But don't tell the whole thing because that is in the book. We don't want to sell you. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> student loans, man.
0: Okay, student loans are beasts. beast. People would love to know how you did. It. What'd you do, it like, in five, six years?
1: No, nah, I did it in one year. What? So I had, I had, um, I, I went, I didn't have as much as a lot of people, I guess. But I mean, when I tell people that it's still like a, you know, uh, I guess I usually still get a reaction. So it was, it was a little bit over 30,000 I paid and pretty much the whole student loan journey started because of the fact that when I first got my job, I got my job in January of 2018 and mm-hmm. my um my student loans were due. My first payment was due January 2018, but I wasn't going to get my first paycheck until February because, you know, when you start working, you got to work those extra weeks because you missed a f- pay period or whatever. Sure. So that happened, and then um that happened, and then I missed that payment. And just the feeling I had of, like, oh, dang, I'm feeling bad that I don't have this money, that kind of thing. Just, mm-hmm. the, just the fact that I felt scared about not being able to make the payment, that let me know that I didn't have a positive relationship with money. And then when I missed that payment, and then when I paid for the month I missed, which was January, and I paid for February, I paid for two months in one time, that really inspired me and let me know that it really wasn't that deep. And we're only making these minimum student loan payments just because that's what they tell us to do. They're telling us, they're putting us in a position of where we're not even going to pay it off in time. So I had a negative situation where I was like, oh, damn, you know, I'm going I'm to miss my payments. I'm scared of um, this money being on my head, that kind of thing. That turned into a positive situation because I realized after paying those two months that, you know, it wasn't that deep. So I told myself, I'm going to pay my student loans off by 2020. This was um, the beginning of 2018. Then mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, okay, you know what? Um, I don't know if you guys do the zodiac sign stuff, but I'm an Aquarius. They say you know Aquarius or uh, cocky or whatever you want to call it. So I say the Aquarius in me told me I'm gonna do it in one year. So I said I'm gonna be done by February 2019. So basically, I wrote that down on a piece of paper, and I told myself, you know, February 2019, thirty thousand plus, because I I knew I owed over um thirty thousand or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I I had that piece of paper, I put it in my wallet, and I would look at it. Not every single day, but damn near every day, realistically. And I was just, you know, affirming myself. I was going to pay off the loans. I had a plan, and then I finally um, executed upon it. In my book, I have um, a framework that I have as a three step process. It's called Believe, Plan, and Execute. Believe Mm -hmm. is the spiritual phase where you got to believe in yourself, believe in a higher power like God, you know what I'm saying? And -hmm. just, um, you know, bet on yourself. And then you have the planning phase, which is the mental phase. And that's where you have your your vision. How are you going to get from point A to point B? What if point A to point B doesn't work? How are you going to get to C? That kind of thing. So you're creating your vision. So that was why I created my budget or my system, like I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do one-on-one financial coaching. If anybody wants to reach out to me, we, you know, we can discuss this further. And then you finally have to um, execute upon that vision because a vision, which is your plan without execution, is hallucination. You know what I'm saying? So it was that three-step process of believe, plan, and execute. So that's the whole, I guess,
0: uh, high-level
1: summary <laughs> of how I did it. But, you know, I believed in myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of believing in myself, I was doing stuff that was considered weird or whatever. So I, I literally recorded my voice on my voice memo. I was saying, I'm deaf free you know, thank you, that I'm deaf free that kind of thing. I looped mm-hmm. it through um, an app VLC media player. I, pl- I put it in earphones and I would play it while mm. I was sleeping. Sometimes I had dreams about, you know, hearing that thing. So, I, I just, the whole thing was I changed the way I think, the, the way I thought about money, the way I thought about myself, the way I thought about my goals. So, it was just uh, subconscious mind programming. That was the belief phase. That was the spiritual phase. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I had my plan, my vision of I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um, thinking in abundance because, you know, my job is one stream of income, but you should ask yourself, for those people that are listening that want to, you know, pay off their stuff quicker, you should ask yourself, what are my skills? Do I have anything that, can I monetize my knowledge? That kind of thing. Because your job is one stream of income, but you want to think in abundance. How else can you get money? You know what I'm saying? So that's Mm -hmm. something you want to ask yourself. And then you finally just have to execute it. People have all these ideas, um, but they don't, you know, execute upon any of them. 99% of people think, but 1% actually do. You got to actually, do the stuff that you're saying that you want to do. So that's just a little bit of um, that believe, plan, and execute. That's, that's the way I'll say.
0: Oh, my goodness. I felt like I was in a training, Michael. Amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Amazing.
0: Listen, um, tell the people to how to get in touch with you because you do this on a larger scale. So put your stream in there, put your information out there. What is it?
1: Yeah, so people can go to my website, which is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-O, Benjamin B E N J A M I N dot com, or you can reach me at Instagram, which is Mike O Benjamin M I C H O B E N J A M I N, and I'm also on LinkedIn. I post weekly on LinkedIn, and yeah, just if you if you enjoyed this conversation, you'll probably enjoy my LinkedIn videos as well. So. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And the, the name of your book and how they can procure that.
1: So my book is The Power of Yet. The Power of Yet by Michael O. Benjamin. It's on Amazon. If you just search The Power of Yet, you'll see it. It's a white cover. It has like a gold yet. It has like fire on it. It's like burning passion in the yet. Um, you can reach it on Amazon. You could also get a signed copy on my website, which is michaelobenjamin.com slash That's the abbreviation of The Power of Yet.
0: Mm, I just said that I was going to, um, I'll be able to buy one and send it to you and get an autograph, but you look definitely, at you. Definitely. The, the executor got it already on your website <laughs> ready to, to pick up. I love you for that, Michael.
1: Yeah. 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 Appreciate I'm, I'm
0: that. I'm being trained. I love yeah. it. Free training. Thank you, Michael. Yeah,
1: definitely. No problem. <laughs>
0: okay. We're at the part of the um interview where we leave a last will and testament. It's like the jewels, like that virtual hug where you kind of tell people or or just talk to the people and give them something mm-hmm. um they can take and and feel inspired.
1: My final jewel is, you know, with anything you're trying to do, just just start because a lot mm-hmm. of it is just it's just you getting your own way. So, if you didn't, if you take anything from this interview, I want you to just start whatever you're trying to do, whether it's a new stream of income, whether it's a new business, whether it's trying to uh, work on a relationship with someone, whether it's trying to save more money. Just start. The key word is just start, because once you start, you know, it's just embracing the power yet. The book I wrote. And just because um, you didn't accomplish it today doesn't mean you won't accomplish it ever. You just haven't accomplished it yet. So just start. That's it. Awesome.
0: Awesome. G?
2: Michael, thank you so much for nice. sharing your insights and other inspiring message and mm-hmm. also giving us a look at what life is like on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. So we're glad to have your voice as a part of the Rona Report. Thanks for having me. If you are listening and you enjoyed this conversation, you can find all of the voices of the Rona Report at blackboxradio.com. That is B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can also find black box radio on instagram and facebook at black box radio and you can find us on twitter at black at box black which is b-o-x-x b-l-a-k if you're hearing this message right now we need your help to help spread the word about the Rona Report and the other wonderful content and voices that we're sharing. Uh these messages are being suppressed on social media platforms. So share them with your friends and family. Send it in a text, send it in an email so all of these important voices can be heard.
0: All right. This is that Rona report. We had Michael Benjamin from yes, Washington Shalom. State. Yeah, Washington State giving us Tri-City. A- the Tri-Cities. <laughs> With all the money from all the speeches, we loving it. Oh,
1: man.
0: <laughs> what is it? Plan, execute. Let me get my little training together. What Believe, is it? Believe, plan, execute. <laughs> Believe, plan, execute. I mean, that's a great. That's that's a great three. So, family, we just had Michael Benjamin from Tri City, Washington. It is uh, five six twenty. We with Black Box Radio. We out. Peace.